ready to get and stay fit? Welcome to Fit, Positive, Confident with Dr. Gordon, where the focus is on your whole person health, physical, mental, and spiritual. Because your health can be affected by so many factors, Dr. G covers a range of topics in this program, from eating healthy to world-shaping events. So relax and enjoy the show. All right, folks. Uh, <clears throat> wow, my voice. What happened? <laughs> I, I, maybe it's because uh, I slept so good, man. I, I had a really good night of sleep. Ooh, gotta love those. I don't know why, but I just did. I went to bed early, turned off all the lights early, mm. Didn't wasn't in the mood for TV or anything like that, you know. So I was kind of tired. Next thing I know, I wake up at 4, and next thing I know, I wake up just before we came here to the studio. Mm-hmm. But gotta feels, love those nights. It feels good, man, when you get plenty... Plenty of good rest. Uh, anyways, folks, we are back in the studio. This is Fit Positive Confident, and you can uh, find this uh, podcast on, uh, on just about any of these podcast uh, platforms, Spotify and Google and whatnot. Just look for Fit Positive Confident. And I'm Gordon Anik, and uh, my guest today is uh, Kyle Galloway. And actually, Kyle... You're more like a co-host for, the, for <laughs> this particular day, you know, because it seems like we've been recording for a long time together. So welcome again. We we really have. It's been some years now. It has been some years. Uh, anyways, uh, Kyle is a martial arts guy, and he uh, teaches martial arts, uh, runs his own uh, business school, you know, mm-hmm. uh, school for martial arts kids and adults here in the Denver metro area. And uh, we'll give you his uh, website in a little bit. Uh, but we, you know, Kyle, you have, um, the reason why originally we started recording together is um, is because you have a good knowledge on uh, diet. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so you're, you're one of those guys that's kind of well-rounded in, in different areas of health. It's not just, oh, I'm going to work out and, and learn my kicks and throws and punches and all <laughs> that stuff for you it's more than just learning a particular martial art yeah yeah i was actually uh i was talking to i uh, was working with a group of students that are just about to test for their black belts in a month then and, and we've been working for you know the last six months uh to a year just really honing their skills and really prepping them for that that home stretch of uh testing for first degree black belt and we were talking about motivations the other day and i was telling them you know i tested for the my first first degree black belt when i was a about 10 years old and in that school you that was the first time you got to wear the black martial arts uniform in that style and uh and so i was telling them that you know my biggest motivation for passing my black belt test was to get the black pants and uh and then i was like you know that that didn't motivate me for much longer after that so i had to you know learn to shift my motivations and and one of the students asked me what's my motivation now and uh and so my answer to that is why like you just said why i'm so well rounded why i like to study so many different things as far as uh you know health and nutrition and that is because like i am just super fascinated by what a human being is capable of 
And my whole life, um, I've been really young in the styles of martial arts that I started training. So, you know, when I turned 12, I, I got invited to train at a school which uh, they only train and teach this martial art to adults because it's, you know, so kind of violent and deadly and, and gruesome in what they teach you. And uh, so the closest people to my age, there was one guy in there, I was 12 and he was 25. And then everybody else in that, in that class was, you know, 30s, 40s. And so, you know, my whole life I've been training with people older than me. And my whole life I've also learned, like heard from people that, oh, yeah, you're, you're very talented. You know, you're awesome. But, you know, just wait until you hit this age. And once you hit this age, it's all downhill from there. And so it's kind of been a life goal to kind of shatter that. Once and you hit a certain age, you become the master who is standing on the sidelines with a big belly eating exactly, a, eating a right? bowl of noodles yeah. and telling all the other kids what to do, right? In, in, our, uh, in our world, we call that the master's belly. <laughs> right. the, you know, most people, once they earn that title of master, that they just stop training and stop working out. And... Uh, so the newest milestone that I've hit is uh, turn 40. So I turned 41 uh, in January. So, you know, 40 is that mark that a lot of people are like, oh, yeah, once you hit 40, that's really when it goes downhill. And, uh, you know, and using everything that I can find as far as, like, you know, how to eat and how to train and how to use supplementation, what kinds of things like infrared sauna and vibrate plates and, you know, all these different skills tools that are available to us these days to, you know, I, I'm not, I'm not one that like, I fear aging. I just want to age and, you know, still be able to be awesome, you know? Well, I mean, at 40, it, it is the age when most of the professional athletes quit by then, you know, or are on the yeah. way out. I yeah. mean, you look at uh, Jordan, I think he played until he was 38 and mm -hmm. then, uh, I mean, but he took some breaks. Uh, LeBron, I think he's pretty close to 40 now. And in football, I don't even know if there is anybody that's 40 years old. Right. I don't know who. So, you know, Tom Brady, uh, you know, very polarizing figures. You know, people love him. People hate him. Right. But I, I you know, I think he was 45 when he retired. Is that right? Out of football. And part of that, you know, and it was kind of unheard of as far as his age, you know, to still be able to play and still be at the, you know, peak level at sure. that age. But, you know, part of part of the thing with Tom Brady is he, you know, he was doing a lot of the stuff that I do, um, you know. So when I learned about his kind of health routine, I was like, there's a lot of similarity there. And that's what allowed him uh, to be able to kind of stay in it long, as long as he did. He, he had his own routine, didn't he? I mean, where he, he, did. Yeah, he, he trained with the, with the team, uh, team's uh, trainers, but he also had his own personal trainer, which was some, somewhat controversial, I believe. I believe there was like some... Because you know, this guy was pushing him to do more stretching and that type of a thing, you know, which yeah, was probably good yeah. for, his, for that age. Exactly. And, uh, you know, he was, you know, very like the way that he ate and, you know, the way he did stuff, it was a little more of a ketogenic kind of a, a diet. And... Um, but yeah, you know, and you, when you do look at professional athletes and, and, you know, you got guys in their 18s and 20s and 20, mid-20s uh, that are, 
you know, really paying attention to nutrition and training at their, and they're at their peak level, you know, those, the guys, when they're turning 38, 40, you know, they're still in better shape than the average person on the streets, you know, Who is uh, you know, right. And LeBron James, as old as he is, you know, he, he could destroy people in basketball, like, you know, a 20 year old off the streets. I mean, he still is an animal when it comes to peak physical conditioning, but when you compare like top top peak level at 38 to top peak level at 22, you know, there you slow down just enough that you can't really compete in that professional sport anymore. They're just the kids are just faster. Exactly. Right? I mean, you may be stronger, uh, but they just have that one step ahead of you. Yeah, and they, you know, they heal faster and, you know, so and I mean, there's ways that like I can hack my healing. If I get injured, I can heal faster than 99% of people my age, right? But I still don't heal as quickly as a 22-year-old, right? A 20-year-old that like, you know. But the bottom line is that there are ways. But there are ways, yeah. To slow down the aging process and to improve your agility and strength and, and everything else physic- from the physical aspect. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And... You know, and in the longevity world, um, one of the new bang was that power words that they like to use is health span versus lifespan, right? Lifespan really isn't anything that we care about. It's all about health span. It's about being as healthy as you possibly can for as long as you possibly can. You know, there's this idea of living longer, you know, being able to be a centenarian and live into your hundreds and, and, you know, get to that 120. And there's even people believing that they could live longer than that. But what's that matter if you're decrepit in a wheelchair and you have Alzheimer's and can't remember anybody? So, you know, that, that longer life only works or is, is desirable if you're still a healthy human being and, and still being able to live independent and not, you know, uh, be be stuck in in like assisted care and needing somebody else to live the life for you, and, and your life, your health span is not fantastic, right? Oh yeah, I mean, and and uh, yeah, and even if you are, I mean, you see people who are sixty years old and they're good for nothing anymore, you know, because yeah. they just lost their health and they're overweight. Let's come back and talk about it and see how we can improve that. We'll be right back. Folks, we're back in the studio with Kyle Galloway, a martial arts guy. SuccessMartialArts.ninja is your website, right? Yes, sir. Yes, sir. So if you would like to know more about him and uh, his uh, his uh, school, martial arts school here in uh, the Denver metro area, check it out, SuccessMartialArts.ninja. And um, so it's true that when we get to be uh, of a certain age, things slow down. The problem is, I think, Kyle, is that uh, for most people who do not have a, a like a tragic illness, you know, but for most people, the problem is that, they, that the aging and the slowing down is so slow that it is almost unnoticeable, and you do not uh, realize 
how much you have deteriorated from, say, 10 or 15 or 20 years ago. You just, you know, you could be 50 years old and you still feel like you have strength and you still feel, you know, that... uh, that you're okay, you know, but because you were living in that particular moment. But if you, and it's hard for us to really assess how we are, you know, because we get so used to, uh, yeah. you know, when you see somebody, uh, you didn't see him for like two years. Right, yeah. You know, and you're like, oh, wow, this person has aged and right, they lost their hair, but they don't see it, you know. No, yeah, you know, I always equate that to it's very it's even more noticeable with kids right like if you don't if you don't see somebody from like age two to four right right. like you're blown away at like how much more of a human being this thing is versus like when it was two right it's it's way more talkative and you know asking way deeper questions right and then it's the same on the opposite end of the spectrum of you know you don't see it for somebody for a couple of years and it's like wow the two years that that uh, I haven't seen you, it seems like you've aged ten. Right, and, right, right, uh, right. You know, so it. Uh, but because but we, be, but because we don't notice it. Uh, right, because it's a small change day by right. day. Right, you know, we, that, we don't do anything about it. Yeah, exactly, and so you know, it is something that, like, really, the first step in helping along with this is to pay more attention to it, right? You know, put your conscious brain onto it. And, you know, just by having more awareness of what actually the decline is, is going to really allow you to not really fix anything, but just being able to notice it. And the first step of, you know, like fixing a problem is to notice it's a problem, right? And so, and and that's that's the point that I'm trying to make, and I think uh, people get it. Uh, we sometimes notice the problem, for example, in our house. You know, uh, 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 let's say a, a, a lock doesn't work anymore on a bedroom. You know, but we notice it, and we say, "Oh, we're gonna fix it." You know, right? Yeah. But we don't. And then yeah. ten years later, that door still doesn't lock. You know? <laughs> And the problem yeah. is there, but we never fixed it, you know. Right. Or the wall gets scratched, and we say, oh, we're going to paint it, you know. But then we get used to that scratch, to that mark, to to the dirty handles or whatever, right. you know. Yeah. Our house looks like crap, and everybody else notices it, but we don't. And then it's not until, like, you know you're going to be hosting your entire family for Thanksgiving, <laughs> right. right? And then, like, now all of a sudden you walk through your house with fresh eyes of being like, oh, Lord, <laughs> I got a lot of work to do before everybody comes over In here. these cabinets, right? right? <laughs> you know, and and that's kind of the, like, what we, what we allow ourselves to get away with um, that nobody else notices is, you know, like, we're fine with it because we get used to it. And then... You know, and and it is meetings like that. Like you go and meet with an old friend, and they look, you know, twenty thousand times better than you. And it's like all of a sudden, it it really becomes a, a you know a mirror facing back at you to be like, oh man, I've I've gained this, I've got this, and look at Tom, he's looking amazing. And you know, so it's it's little moments like that that tend to be that reflectiveness and allow us to kind of step outside of our own, you know, kind of uh, uh, comfort. 
Yeah, these and moments, they, acceptance, right? They illuminate the, the, the real situation. Right? They really do. They really shine a flashlight on, on the parts that you've chosen to ignore for, for a really long period of time. Well, like, you know, you can take a flashlight and go into your closet and point it in the corners and you'll see all kinds of dust there. Right. <laughs> if without the flashlight, you never see it, you know. Uh, we had a, I had a family that trained with us. Uh, it was a mom and two daughters that trained with us. And the mom's mom, so the grandma of the kids that trained with us, uh, she was a, a a client of my wife in her hair business. And she came home one day after cutting the grandma's hair, and they had been talking, and she was like, yeah, every time I go to my daughter's house, uh, you know, it's always super clean, but what I do is I go look in the corners. <laughs> and, like... She's kind of a uh, like a tiger type mom. It was you know kind of crazy how she was, but you know every time she'd go to her, her daughter's house, she would she would like go check corners to see if there were cobwebs or had it been swept or vacuumed, and you know and she knew because that's where people don't clean and would like totally give her daughter all sure. kinds of grief for not for I, not uh, cleaning up the corners. Just for the heck of it, I got my brother one time uh, one of those black lights. Oh, Black yeah. Flashlights, you know. And this thing, if you turn off the lights in the house and you point at anything like in a kitchen sink or a toilet, it will expose every dirt that's out there. <laughs> yeah, everything that's hidden. And he would always tell me, oh, I cleaned my house. You know, I say, hey, Bo, why don't you take this, check it out. And he did, and he came back, and he's like, oh, my goodness, I got great. This place really good, you know. You just don't see things. Right, in, yeah. You know, uh, and and this and that applies to us physically. It does, yeah. And uh, you know, and and like you said, I mean, these are things that when you're going through that aging process, uh, it's easy to uh, really like just get used to it because it's like a little twinge, and then that little twinge becomes something a little bit bigger. But it it's very rare that it goes from you know like pain-free to like totally destroyed in the matter of like a day and usually if something progresses that quickly like most people then are you know going out and seeking help and getting advice and and everything right. but when it's that slow build um we learn to cope we learn to cope with it and you know and and kind of in our head we're like ah, it'll heal it'll go away and then we get comfortable with it and then we and then it gets a little more and a little more and a little more and eventually it becomes you know a pretty big problem that's a lot harder to change and you know one example that I can give on that is um so you know knees are something that you know start really giving you trouble when you're you know 40 plus right and you know some people it can be in their 30s, they start to feel it, but it's really like 40 and up that people really start complaining about, like knees and back. And, you know, so I, I turned 41, and and just about a week ago, there's a little twinge in my knee, and most people would just allow that, and I'm actively working on rehabbing that little twinge before it becomes something worse. You notice it on time. You want exactly. to make sure that, but I hope you're not panicking. No, not even a little bit. Okay. It's just easy to fix early on, right? Let's take a break. All 
right. I'm in the studio with Kyle Galloway, and we are talking about uh, noticing things before they turn ugly and fixing them while you can. Because there comes a, there comes a time in everybody's life, I believe, where it's hard to really fix things. I mean, yeah. it may be impossible. I mean, um, I had a friend of mine. He was getting bigger and bigger, you know, uh, just getting fat, you know. Um, and... You know, I went to their house one time, and he had his kids uh, cut his toenails because he could, just couldn't bend over anymore. You know, <laughs> you see what I'm saying? Yeah. And we 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 cope with it as long as we can, and then we find a way to cope with it again. You know, with the fact that my belly is so huge that I can't bend over anymore yeah. to tie my shoes, so I get somebody else to do it for me. You know, yeah, and that's you know, it becomes one of those things that. You know, we cope with an issue for such a long period of time, and then by the time we actually realize it's a, a major problem, it's such a daunting task right, right. that, you know, it, it's just overwhelming to really think about what changes need to happen to actively change and fix whatever that is that's going on. And, you know, so... Like, I mean, I'm sorry. Actually, it's so overwhelming that for most people, they just quit. They, yeah, they just they, yeah. yeah they they take a look at what it would take, and they're like, ah, I can't do that, right? And they just kind of throw their hands in the air, and they're like, I just got to live with this. Or the ones that even that do actually take it on, it's such a long and arduous process. To you know, if in that case, like think about. You know, people that, that gain weight and then gain more weight and get to that point that you were discussing, like for them to, you know, healthfully remove that weight uh, will be like a multi-year process, right? And, you know, like for me, if I notice that there's a, a shift in my body weight like that, even like a small shift, like a couple of pounds, then, you know, I notice that very, very quickly. And within a couple of days, I can I can have that fixed, right? And, you know, my because of the things that I do, right, I, I had a doctor's appointment. It's probably been about a year now, um, but just kind of a yearly, you know, checkup kind of a thing. And I went in, and it was actually with a new doctor. And so they were having to take, you know, uh, the weight and all the stuff that they do anyways, but I'd never seen this person before. So they didn't really have my records right there in front of them. And, uh, the, uh, the nurse as she was doing stuff, took blood pressure, you know, uh, pulse, uh, pulse oximeter. Uh, she was asking about like height and weight and she asked my weight and I was like, boom, it's this. And she's like, are you sure? Do we, we got to check that? I was like, Hey, let's check it. Let's see if I was right. And I was spot on exact what I told her I was. And, you know, I, that's, I know my body weight that way. And if it, if it fluctuates and I don't have a reason for it, then I'm, you know, and as an example, I've gained 20 pounds since then. So now I'm steadily 20 pounds heavier than I was last year, but I've also massively increased the weightlifting that I've been doing. So I've put on about 20 pounds of muscle. And so I know, but now if my weight fluctuates at all off of the, uh, for where I am now, then, you know, if it goes up, 
I know that there's something I'm, and it usually I can think back on that and be like, yeah, well, I kind of moved off my my uh, my routines for for a little while there, and and I can see it right here. I get back in my routine, and it's back to normal. The bottom line is you are paying attention to yourself, and you're aware of uh, what's going on. Uh, I mean, you're aware to a high degree. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. most people are not because this we are so busy in this world. And we don't have time, you know, to pay that close attention to our body. So we eat junk, we rush, we run, you know, we come home. And then uh, every once in a while, you know, we'll stop and maybe assess where we are. Yeah, and, and, you know, there are older interviews that you and I have done where we talked about that power of awareness and, you know, paying attention to what's going on. And and so, uh, you know, even my... Even my my uh, bad habits, right? Like they're not even really bad habits at this point. But when I choose to, you know, eat terrible food or have a cup of cocktails or, you know, these kinds of, of escapism things that most people, you know, use to forget the world. Like when I do that, if I, you know, eat a candy bar or, you know, I go out to dinner and, you know, just have some terrible food. And maybe some cocktails, right? Like, I don't do that often, but it's a conscious choice. I, like, literally will go, and I'm like, you know, I am going to eat this, and I know it's terrible, but I also know that once in a blue moon is not going to kill me kind of a thing, right? And it's so even my bad choices are uh, or quote unquote bad choices are controlled. are controlled and they are done consciously. It is not something that I just, you know, it's not, not something I turn to for comfort. It's not something that I use as like a, a pseudo therapist. It's not, you know, this is something that I consciously am like, you know, I'm going to do this tonight and I'm going to enjoy it. And then tomorrow I'm back on my health routine. Like, let's, let's talk about the health routine. Let's talk about, you know, the, uh, the basic health diet, and then maybe the supplements that, uh, yeah, yeah, that that you you guys are working with right now. Yeah, so you know, um, I am a big proponent of what's called a cyclical ketosis diet, and you know, there's a lot of people that that really know about keto at this point, right? Like when you and I first started doing interviews, like 10 years, I've been doing keto for about 10 years, a little over 10 years now. And, you know, I think we've been doing this radio show together since, I mean, before COVID, a couple of years before COVID. Yes. Um, and so, you know, when we were discussing it, it was not a mainstream topic, right? So most people these days know what ketos, like a ketogenic diet is. If you don't, basic ideas, it's, uh, you know, lots of fat in your diet and very, very little carbs. Um, but cyclical ketosis is, you know, still having a high fat diet, uh, good sources of protein, you know, vegetables, things of that nature, and very low carbohydrates. But, you know, you do purposefully put carbohydrates in uh, to break your body out of ketosis. Cause if you never eat another carb again, you will run into a whole lot of, of just different issues. Um, you will burn through electrolytes and different things much, much faster. You won't be able to supplement enough to replace what you burn. And you end up with like muscle cramps and trouble sleeping and different, different things like this. 
Um, but starting off in a hundred percent ketosis diet is a really good way to, you know, bring people's metabolism back to life and, and really get their metabolic health up. And, uh, so, you know, what are we talking in terms um, of uh, weeks? You know, uh, I would say that, you know, most people could benefit from being a hundred percent on like a ketosis style diet with very, very, very little carbs for, you know, uh, you'll really start to see results, uh, that like first month to second month. Um, and those results will continue for, you know, a year or two. And then usually it, when you start feeling like the change in sleep and, and, you know, muscle cramps and things, you know, is if you carry that on for, for like one and a half to two to three to four years of, you know, no carbs kind of a thing. Um, but usually you, you kind of go into the ketosis diet and, you know, really structure it well, start getting, you know, seeing results of, of losing weight while eating good, good food. And, you know, when you start to get towards your target, uh, you know, the amount that you want to lose, whether that's 10 pounds, 15 pounds, 50 pounds, right? Once you start getting close to that, that target is when you really start adding in the carbs. Um, and again, you just kind of, you know, add a little bit of carbs in and, and, one of the best ways to do it is at night. So you stay in a ketosis state all the way until like dinner time. And then usually with dinner, you add in maybe a little bit of white rice or a little bit of sweet potatoes or even have some some organic fruit. Um, and when you add those carbs back in at night, uh, you still get the benefits of being in ketosis most of the day with some good fasting early on. And then, you know, but then at night you break the ketosis you come out of that ketosis state by adding those carbs in and that will actually even improve your sleep even more so we have more nights like you had last night right um and so you know that that's kind of the basic idea of the diet is you start off pretty heavy ketosis to really start getting into about six seven weeks eight yeah you know and, and everybody's gonna be a little bit different um you know but usually usually you really start to notice um, improvement in the, towards the end of that first month. And then from month one to about month nine is when you really are seeing a lot of, a lot of good benefits and changes. Okay, let's come back uh, after the break and wrap this baby up. Welcome back in the studio with Kyle Galloway, SuccessMartialArts.Ninja is his site. By the way, you can uh, listen to this podcast uh, all over again on um, on uh, all of these uh, podcast uh, platforms like Spotify and Google and Apple and whatnot, you know. So just look for Fit, Positive, Confident. Uh, so Kyle, we were talking today about uh, good keto diet, which you were on for a long time. But then you decided to start introducing uh, some more carbs mm -hmm. yeah. in, or, in order to, I would say, improve the whole, the working of the whole system, right? Yeah, exactly. Because, you know, protein 
good fats and carbohydrates are the three main nutrients that we use to live life in our body, right? So, you know, carbs are just as important as good fats and fats are just as important as good protein. So you always want to have a good balance of those. And, you know, so finding the right balance and the reason why, you know, going into a, you know, where you're eating mostly just fat and protein um, is really beneficial for people is because everything that, that, you know, all the junk food, ultra processed foods, um, you know, all the stuff that, that we really fill our diets with, uh, that really kind of make people overweight is, you know, really, really heavy on the carbohydrate sides. And if there is fats in there, then it's really, really horrible fats. Um, you know, fats that really don't do good in our body, you know, uh, oxidized seed oils and, and things like canola oil and safflower, safflower oil and, uh, you know, corn oil and these different things, right? So, you know, we want to eliminate those, uh, those really, really bad for us type things. Well, these are not and foods. These are all poisons. I mean, yeah, exactly. They really uh, are, right? American diet, you know, that is fast food diet is just junk. I mean, literally, uh, rit- literally horrible for you, bad yeah. for you, corrosive. Yeah. The, I mean, it destroys your health. It's Yeah, it really is. And, you know, so just getting rid of you know, the ultra-processed and the refined sugar and, you know, like the really bad fats, like even just eliminating that and just, you know, focusing on the good sources of carbohydrates, good fats, and really good solid protein, right? You're probably going to find a really good boost to everything, loss of weight, boost of energy, feel much, much better, um, just simply by making that change, right? And, uh, and so balancing out that diet, you know, when you get rid of the carbs, cause that's, that's generally what people gorge themselves on, which is causing a lot of the issues. So you kind of remove that and you really start to like allow your system to be able to adapt between fat burning mode and carbohydrate burning mode and be very healthy at being able to flip-flop between the two just by reactivating the fat burning mode because most of us eat so much carbs that we never go into the fat burning mode to burn fat for energy, right? We just and, don't uh, we just don't allow our body to do it. Exactly. Yeah, because anytime there's carbohydrates present, um, you know, it's not you're not really going to utilize the fats because it's much harder for the body to utilize the fats for energy. Carbohydrates are are what, you know, kind of burn quick. So it's easy for the body to create the energy units out of it. And when the body has that choice, the body is an efficiency machine. It is going to take the easy choice every single time. So, you know, the fat is going to, you know, kind of be stored as like, a, oh, that's that's good energy for later, and we're going to burn through the carbs. And if you're constantly feeding carbs to yourself 24 hours a day, you never get to the point where you end up burning that fat, right? And you just accumulate it and uh, store it. So, you know, we, we switch over, teach our body to burn fat again, and, you know, we burn, burn fat for energy. We feel great from it. Um, the, you know, the problem with carbs is when you eat too much of it, the body can burn all of it. So it turns the rest of it into fat. It right? does. Yeah. And just stores it around yep. your belly. Exactly. 
So those are kind of your basics of the diet, you know, and then good sleep is, is hugely important, right? Being able to, you know, really get a good night's sleep and, and just making some simple changes of, of making your room like completely dark, that can massively change how well you sleep. And, you know, if you got like little, little things in your room that have little lights on them and things like that, like all of that stuff kind of messes with the brain chemistry to prevent you from really getting that good deep and REM sleep that you really, really need. Turn it off. Uh, yeah, get rid of that. Like, you know, kind of the goal is you should be able to hold your hand up about six inches away from your face and not be able to see it. If your room is that dark, then you are really going to improve your sleep at that point. That's just one little thing that you can do, right? Uh, and then movement, right? You know, being able to move throughout the day. Now, my wife and I, you know, we we train hard, right? We usually are doing a pretty hardcore lifting routine on, on a daily basis as well as martial arts training. Uh, and so, you know, our, our actual physical activity is you know, massive in comparison to most people's. But, you know, for most people, all you really need to do is is make sure you take a walk every day, right? Like do a brisk walk that gets your heart rate up to, you know, anywhere from 105 to 115 uh, and sustain that for 20 minutes. And that is going to really make a difference in your life. And once you get those things kind of dialed in and feeling really good about that, you know, then then we can talk about like supplementation and ways that you can, uh, you know, improve on top of with, you know, pharmaceuticals or, you know, herbs or supplements. Right. And, uh, you know, you can't you can't take a pill and become uber healthy like that just doesn't exist. You can't have things that like aid you in doing that, but, you know, there is no magic pill out there that just, you know, turns you into Arnold Schwarzenegger's in, in the 80s, right? Like, you you got to put in the work. <clears throat> Excuse me, sorry. But, uh, you know, ultimately, you know, a good multivitamin is is a pretty necessary thing just because our, our food doesn't have the same nutrient sources and values that it used to. Um, you know, so, like, there are some basic supplements that are really, really important. But all in all, it's sleep, it's food, it's move. We'll come back next week and uh, maybe do a whole show on just on the supplements. Yeah. All right, folks. God bless. Bye-bye. Be sure to tune in next time for another unique perspective on your whole person health with your host, Dr. G. And don't forget to share the goodness with friends and family and visit our website at fitpositiveconfident.tv and follow Dr. G on Twitter at Dr. G Fitness. God bless and stay healthy.